I'll just need that mic. Thank you so, 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 so much. Yep, fantastic. Praise God. Please take a seat. I'm just going to invite just very quickly before we open the Word, um, we're opening the Word in a little bit different, differently this morning, that uh, um, I'm going to invite Pastor Julie. There's been a, an intercessory and prophetic Word over you as a church and over us as individuals, okay? So are you ready to receive it? All right, let's give Pastor Julie a warm welcome as well. Good morning. And what a great morning it is so far, and it's just the beginning. I just want to take you back to the prophetic song that Pastor Matt brought during worship and that Sam highlighted to you. And the Lord's really highlighting uh, this morning to us what He's really saying to us. So come on, let's get ready to receive this too. And we know it's coming from the Lord. So we have a great intercessor team. And one of our intercessors heard the Lord speak during that prophetic song, which it absolutely confirms what God's doing. So are you ready? Okay, here we go. And I heard Him say... We do not respond in fear that He will expose us, but in joy, for the healing hand of the Father is so wanting to set us free from that which was bound. Yes, surrender and trust in the Lord is the response which will lead us into the place of victory that the Father has opened up to us. Isn't that a great word? Come on, let's just respond. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Back to Pastor Matt. So Lord, right now, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, we receive that word. We respond to that, Lord, right now. Lord, you don't seek to, ex- you don't seek to expose us to bring shame. You seek to expose that which withholds, Lord, that which binds us and holds us down, Lord, when you are lifting us up. Lord, we just thank you right now for your goodness in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. We all said, amen Amen and amen. That is an absolute word in season because uh, I believe the word of God that I'm going to bring you today is going to expose a couple of things. But just remember the word that was just spoken of which I had nothing to do with. That was everything uh, to do with the intercessors team. And that prophetic word is the heart of God being expressed to every single person here in this room and also watching online as well. Well, today's, the, 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 the title of today's sermon is, uh, is this, is that uh, prayer, the power that you carry. Turn to the person beside you and say, you carry power. All right, so how many know that we are all uh, on this team here right now? We are both online and in the room. You are part of the family of God. Have you got that right? All right, so we're just going to have like a pre-strategic word, a pre-strategic activation right now of where I want you to pretend, I know that we're all socially distanced in, in here and when we can't, we're wearing masks, but I just want you to put your hand out in the front like we're all about to take the field in some way and that we're all joining in. And on the count of three, I want you, I, I'm going to go one, two, three, I want you to shout kingdom. You ready? We're all part of the same team. One, two, three, kingdom. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, we're going to do it one more time. This way, I want you to put both hands in, all right, and I'm going to want you to shout Jesus on the count of three. One, two, three. Fantastic. You see, we are all fitted together in the house of God, the Word says. Amen? We are all part of this one body that makes up, the Bible says, the bride of Christ. Now, fellas, listen, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that you are the bride of Christ, okay? 
That was a, all right, all right, all right. Ladies, you are the beautiful bride of Christ. Now, hear that, guys? They're more excited about being that than you, all right? So, guys, you are the bride of Christ. Yeah, that's pretty good, all right? (coughs) Who let the dogs out? But anyway, but um, how many know that we carry, as part of the kingdom and part of the family of God, we carry presence? We carry presence, and I'm not talking about gifts, <laughs> although that's fun too, isn't it? But we carry presence. And whether you are walking uh, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or whether you are not, you still carry presence. Some of you may remember that uh, I used to be a uh, real estate agent. You can trust me, I'm a, I'm a real estate agent. It's all right, you know. Uh, not really. Anyway, some people got that, but uh, some people found it funny. Some people didn't, Daniel, didn't they? Um, the point is this, is that when I, was, I walked into this house, and we, you would offer free appraisals. Now, everybody knows that a free appraisal is, uh, well, it's, it's a ploy to try and get you to sell your house, of course, and, you, and you're wondering about, you know, how much could I sell this for? I walked into this house, and it was like, it was like a walking into the Adams family. Anybody remember the Adams family? Ding dong, you you know, remember old Lurch? I'd love a Lurch in the house, that'd be awesome. Anyway, but anyway, like, uh, 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 it was was literally like that. And and I'm not over-exaggerating this, all right? Every door was in the shape of a coffin. And they would open by themselves. No, now I'm exaggerating, now I'm exaggerating, sorry. But that, that, that's, that's why the way it was, and there was this family, and, and you know, and gosh, I'm not going to describe the people because my heart just absolutely goes out to them. But I walked into the bedroom. This is what they did. They said, yeah, just go for it. Just walk around the place and just come back. We'll be sitting here. Okay, you're not going to show me around? You know, anyway, I walked, walked through the house on my own and I walked into the bedroom and there was this cat. It wasn't black, don't worry. But it, there was this cat sitting on the bed and this cat was sitting on the bed and as soon as I walked in the room, it went, Wah! and ran like that. <laughs> That's what it did. It just, whoop, bam, it was out of the room. I don't know where it went. I didn't really care what it went. You see, you have to understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I walked into that room which looked like to me a family who was absolutely oppressed by the spirit of death, that, 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 that cat recognized the presence in my, in, in my life or on my life, right? Do you know that as you walk through life, you carry the very presence of God? That is why Isaiah 60 says, Arise and for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It didn't fall on you, although sometimes it feels like that. It rises up within you. Timothy, Paul encourages his offsider Timothy, and he, and he says, fan the flame of the gift of the Holy Spirit that is within your life. Fan the flame. You know, so many times we just let the busyness of life just get on top of us, and we forget to fan that fire that God has placed within in us. Can I get an amen? amen? So we are carriers of God's 
presence. That is my absolute number one point today. We are carriers of God's presence. I will guarantee you that if you start the day uh, and be aware of that throughout the rest of the day, you will have a dynamic and amazing day. You will face opposition, but you are going to have a powerful day when you understand who you are, whose you are, and whose presence that you carry. Amen? So if you want a life change, get hold of this message and eat it until you become it. Second Chronicles chapter 7, just open your Bibles to that. If you've got them, we're going to be able to put that up on the screen in a minute. This story is the story of the dedication of what the Bible says is Solomon's temple. It's actually God's temple of which David, had, his father, had a dream to build. But because David had, uh, the Bible says that uh, the Lord said, you've got blood on your hands, you can't build my temple. And, um, and uh, uh, ha- how many uh, you know, know that God is a generational God? Amen? Amen? So, Solomon, in the construction of this temple, appointed the best of the best, the best craftsmen, the best materials. It was absolutely an incredible and extraordinary uh, a, a thing to behold. You know, now all, all, all we know of is that there is one-ish uh, wall that really exists that kind of remained uh, sort of intact. But, but if... The, that that uh, temple was so extraordinary that, and such was Israel's wealth at the time, such the blessing of God that was on David, that had been passed on to his son Solomon, that if most nations were to rebuild that temple today, it would bankrupt them. That's the extraordinary wealth. And yet you need to understand that for Israel to build that temple, it didn't bankrupt them. It only just bought more blessing. It's incredible, isn't it? How many, I, 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 you know, my heart goes out, you know, when I'm driving down some country roads and there's this little, there's this little church just going to ruin. You know what I mean? You know, it's the first uniting church of, or the second Baptist church or the this or the that. And you drive past and you think, man, somebody had a vision one day that that church would be the center of that community, that that church would be able to help that community step into a great relationship with God. And yet it sits vacant, decrepit. And so many times our own lives are the same. We lose sight of who has created us, who we're created in the image of, that you yourself are an extraordinary workmanship. The Bible says that you are the craftsmanship of the very hand of God. Amen? So in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, it says this, when Solomon had finished praying, so the temple's been built, everything is in its place, everything is perfect, and Solomon as king calls the entire nation together. All right, we're talking millions of people, the entire nation together for the dedication of the temple, right? So when Solomon had finished praying, what happened? Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Let's just stop there for a minute, right? And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. What do we see as the practical steps that took place? Number one, they had to finish the temple according to the way that God wanted. Hello? Yeah? 
How many know that your temple is finished perfectly and the way that God created? There's a few laugh lines. There's a few sore joints. I understand that. You know, you may not sometimes feel or you may not look in the mirror sometimes and you go, well, God, you had a sense of humor when you created me. Or you created the person beside you. But what it is, is that he has finished you as your temple. But the Bible also says that he's continuing a work in you as well. Phew, he's not finished. Amen. Turn to the person beside you and say he's not finished with you. All oh, right, good. Okay. And so we have to understand that what happened here is that everybody was prepared to bring an offering. The offering was prepared. It was laid in the temple. It was put in place, right? And it was then as people brought their offering, they came before the Lord to bring worship to God that it goes on, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. Can you imagine the front of the herald sun the next day? Hello, all of Australia has been called together for the dedication of the temple. And when the offerings were, were put in place, when everything had finished, when, when Prime Minister Scott Morrison had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. Can you imagine it? Uh, there is a God. There would be no question. There would be no question in our heart. There would be no question in our mind. There would be no doubt in that very moment. But how often does doubt creep in even after God has done something in our lives? Hello? Verse 2, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the temple, glory of the Lord on the, on the temple, there was no glory. The glory didn't have anything to do with the temple. It had everything to do with God's presence granting being, being, being God's will to be poured out and the glory to fill the temple. Hello? They bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Say, for he's good. And his mercy endures forever. Okay. So, the fire came down and the priest couldn't minister. And, you know, this is not the first time that I've sort of spoken on this. And, and I, I always ask the question, what would you do? What would our response be if we saw fire come down and, uh, and, and fire came down right here in this room and the glory of the Lord filled this room so that I couldn't preach, the worship team couldn't play, uh, uh, meeting leaders couldn't speak. And uh, what would your response be? You need to understand that they couldn't, couldn't enter the temple, but it was Israel's choice to bow down. Hello? When Israel had seen what took place, it's then that they bowed down but the priests could not continue to minister. Now you need to understand what that's like. You see, they had over 100,000 more animals to sacrifice as part of the dedication of the temple. You talk about who let the dogs out. Sorry, sorry, I can't minister goat. 
because I'm on my face and where does the goat go? Where does the sheep go? Where do the bulls go? Where do the cows go? Wherever they want. Pandemonium, chaos. Oh, but Pastor Matthew, God is a God of order. Yes, he is. But sometimes he likes to disorder your life, to grab your attention, to cause change, to unveil and undo and expose things that are holding us down rather than him allowing, letting his glory rise within you. Hello? So imagine if that happened here. Imagine if the glory of God was such that it happened here and, and it was like, oh, wow. Come on. Hello? You see, you got to understand this morning, this morning was only this little teeny little bit. I mean, you might go, whoa, worship was like, whoa. Whoa, that was like amazing, man. Like, uh, wow. It's nothing compared to what God wants to do in your life. It's nothing compared to what he wants to do in the workplaces. It's nothing that he wants to, compared to what he wants to do in the universities, in the schools. Friends, church is not just about us going, whoa, wasn't church good? Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who speaks like that or anything like that. You know, I'd love to speak like that. I think it'd be really cool if I was always like that. Cowabunga dude, heroes in a half shell. You know what I mean? But the point is this. The point is this, is that if the glory of God came in here in such a way, what I could absolutely guarantee you, your life would be changed forever. I read a post by Jeremy Riddle, who's a famous worship leader, and he said in his life, in his entire life, he's had two significant encounters with God. The first one changed his life forever. The second one activated a hunger and thirst that could never be quenched, that nothing, absolutely nothing in this world compares to the encounters that he had with God himself. Who wants to have an encounter with God himself? Come on. Well, you've got to be hungry. Hey, look, don't, don't put your hand up and just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, that'd be great. No, because it's going to cost you. It is going to cost you. You want to get hungry. It's going to cost you. I love the David Mee song. You've got to count your cost. got to count the cost if you want to be a believer. So the proverb says it. It says a king doesn't go into battle and yet without counting first how, many, how much he's got, can he win it? Let me tell you, Jesus has already won it. The cost that we pray, play and pray, the cost that we pay, is what I meant to be saying, is insignificant compared to the glory and the absolute power and the presence that you and I have even already. As individuals, we need to address our own hunger for God. Equally as individuals, as a church, completely together corporately, we need to address our hunger for God corporately. David Wagner said this very significant thing. He said, 
he's a well-known prophetic voice in, uh, in the world. And he said, your church will only grow to as large as your biggest prayer meeting. We had a prayer meeting today. There's maybe eight people, 10 people praying. We had a prayer meeting last Monday, uh, not last Monday night, the Monday night before that, where there was five. Yes, I'm challenging you to step into a time of corporate prayer. Remember that word that God was going to expose something so his glory could rise within us? Now, I'm not discounting individual prayer. That is absolutely paramount and absolutely important. You know, we know, we know that it's private life before public life, amen? We know that. We know that. But let me tell you, the public life displays also what happens in the private. (laughs) Hello? I would like to invite you to our Monday night prayer meetings. I would like to invite you to prayer of a Sunday morning. Let the prayer meeting before the service be the main event rather than the service itself. Why? Because we're hungry for the glory of God. We're hungry for a move of God in this land. Look around you. People are wearing masks. Why? Because there's a pandemic. There's there's something eroding away our society. Church, it's time for us to step into who God and Jesus has called us to be. Hello? See, cancer gone. See the COVID virus gone. Truth in our pol- with our politicians. Now I'm not assuming there's lies. I just said truth in our politicians. Pray for them. The Bible says, "Amen." One Corinthians chapter three verse sixteen says this: Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's a question. Do you not know that? I love what Paul was saying to the church in Corinth. He said, do you not know that? Do you not know that already? Haven't you been experiencing that every single Sunday? Haven't you experienced that in your own private prayer life? Do you not know that the Spirit of God dwells within you? So fan that, celebrate that. Amen? So if we are all temples and carriers of presence... You have to understand that there is, there is often, you know, anybody prayed the prayer, Lord, just take everything of me. Amen? We, we've just gone, Lord, I surrender all. Remember the old song, I surrender all, I surrender all, right? Who loves that song? Oh, I love that song, all right, beautiful, all right? And, and, and it's a song that we can easily sing. But the difference is this, is that often, like the temple, there was many different rooms, many different parts. There was the Holy of Holies. There was the inner courts. There was the outer courts. There were those things. And, and, and sometimes we go, Lord, I surrender all, but not that little bit there. I surrender all, but not that room. Don't you dare open that room. I surrender all. No, Lord, that's my religious little altar right there. Don't, don't touch it. That's my sacred cow over there. Don't you dare kill that cow. Right? Right? But you see, you have to understand the dedication of the temple is everything. It's either all or nothing. But I just want to say to you this. God is just so darn good that sometimes when he knows that you need it, he comes in like a rushing mighty wind. 
Sometimes, when you're ready, when we're ready for it, he comes in like that. But it's in his nature because he's such a good dad, he's such a good father that he just goes, that door there, I just need, I need to help you with that issue. No, God, I'm so good, church is so great. I'm not gonna open that door to you because that's a no-go zone and I told you that from the beginning. And God goes, yeah, but, but that, that's, my glory can't rise within you without dealing with that room. And he goes, when you're ready, when you're ready, I'll come back to that room. And he goes away for a while and, and then he comes back. And this is, this is why Jesus says, that, you know, it's the still small voice that he says, come on, you've got to deal with that area of sin in your life. You've got to deal with this area of, that, that needs to be dealt with. You've got to deal with this bit here that is, like, that is like, just look, it's a festering sore and it's obvious to everybody else, but not you. And God says, okay, well, you know, I'll put a leader in your life and I'll, I'll put somebody in your life that uh, will come along and just highlight that. No matter what your response, that person is going to continue to love you. That person is going to continue to care for you. That person is going to continue to encourage you. And along comes Pastor Julie or Pastor Rose or a home-based leader, and they say, and they say, look at that festering sore. And you go, no, don't you dare mention that. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And people leave the church or... People start spreading rumors or the truth is people behave badly. <laughs> Are we talking real here? Are we okay? And so the constructs of the church that God has put in place around our lives being good leaders and great friends and, and people that, can, that continue to support and love and build up God comes back again and knocks on that door. Let me help you with that room. Because I don't want part of the temple. I want to live in all of that temple. And then what happens is you come to that moment in worship or on a Sunday or in a home-based meeting or in a prayer meeting or driving in your car and you've got some great music on or something and, and you have this aha moment where you go, oh, how could I have been so blinded? Why do I want to hold on to that hurt any longer? And then you sing that song again. I surrender all. I surrender. And you have that revelation moment aware of the glory of God rises within you. That you no longer, you, you, you stop being the minister to God and he starts to minister to you. Hello? Friends, that's the dynamic nature of how we are carriers of his presence.
Jesus. Can you give me an extra three minutes? We are carriers of his presence as individuals. Now I want to ask the question, what happens when we get together corporately? You see, we're not made to be islands. We know that, don't we? We're not made to be alone. We're not made to just, you know, wander through this journey and, and, and just deal with God one-on-one. The Bible describes us as living stones fitted together in the house of God. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 as well. It's a new chapter I'm working on, but I'm not, seriously. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, don't quote me on that one. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 19 and 21 says, Now you, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm part of this household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. You see, the church, now when I say the church, I'm talking about the church in all its various amazing different forms. Sometimes our church looks like this. You've experienced Manningham Christian Center today. But I have a great friend who's leading a, a great denominational church that's completely different. There's a lot of timber, the, the chairs may not be as comfortable or uh, they may be pews or you know you know and 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 it's a little bit quieter and and uh you know he may not perspire as much up on stage and all sorts of stuff right you know there's differences of every church and it's an expression of the kingdom of god amen but you have to understand that the church itself of which this church is a part of the church uh, in the earth that Jesus Christ himself it says in verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 2 is the chief cornerstone nothing can be built except without Jesus can I get an amen It says in verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. We know that the church is not bricks and mortar. We know that the church is people. Can I get another amen? Amen. Right. So you see, the church is built on this foundation. I'm going to spell it out incredibly plainly. Are you ready to catch it? First, it's Jesus. The cross of Christ, what he has said, the gospel, the absolute, all that's written in the, in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, but the life of Jesus himself. He is the bridegroom that is coming for you and I, the bride, as a spotless, glorious bride. Not as a bride broken down and deconstructed and limited and, and sick. He's coming back for a glorious bride. Amen? No, you don't believe that yet. I'm, I'm very serious about this. He's coming back for a glorious bride, not a broken down, not a broken down, over governed bride. He's coming back to a people that are on fire for him. Hello? So, can I get an amen that he's coming back for a glorious bride? Can I get an amen that you are part of the glorious bride? Great. So, 
first Jesus, then the apostles, then the prophets. So let's have a look at that. The apostolic, so the original definition of an apostle was referring to the early church leaders who had physically seen Jesus after the cross. So after the resurrection, and in a broader sense today, the apostolic, well, I'll use the word apostolic rather than apostles, is described as people who carry authority in the word, authority in the word, of teaching the word, of speaking and unpacking the word and imparting the word into the church, and then somebody who also commissions others to go and do the same. That is the basic principle of the apostolic in in, in a person's life. And can I just say this? Generally speaking, if somebody calls themselves an apostle, they're not an apostle. Generally speaking, if somebody calls them, calls them, if somebody, if their peers are calling them apostolic, then that's a recognition of the apostolic that's working in their life, the absolute authority and the teaching of the word. My goal when I wake up in the morning to go is not, God, make me an apostle, because most of them were martyred, <laughs> right? Right? Like horrifically. <laughs> right? But that's not my goal. My goal is to lead Manningham Christian Center well. My goal is to lead my family well in the other order. My goal is to be a great father. My goal is not to be an apostle. But if somebody else says, you know, Matthew, you've got an apostolic anointing upon your life. You've planted the, the, what's come out of your leadership and the life of the church is that there have been um, uh, three churches plantedly going uh, and uh, one of those churches have planted another three or four. You know, it might be something where people might go, you know what, Matthew, you're walking in an, in an apostolic way, all right? But I don't call myself an apostle. Next thing is the prophetic. The prophetic word is what was brought today, and, the, and you have to understand the church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ as the cornerstone, the apostolic, and then the prophetic. The prophetic is the the the. The, the nature of which we walk. We have to be founded in the word, but we equally have to be walking with God, listening to his voice, listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And that is what it is to live prophetically. Hello? All right? We are people in whom God's presence resides, causing us to be made alive, awakened to wisdom and truth, to bring freedom to those around us. We are changed from the inside out and together we form the church based on those three principles that Ephesians talks about. That's what we are built on as a church corporately, right? So when we carry presence, it actually changes the way that we walk. Hello? It changes what happens in our life. And I want to just demonstrate something to you really quickly. Daniel, can you come up here? Give him a hand as he comes up. Tim, come up here. uh, Shyla, come up here. I need one more person who's volunteering. Okay, Josh, all right. So I trust you. This is a little bit of pyrotechnics. Do you like the candles on stage today? No, just something different, the fire of God. You can come up and play, Sandra. So right now, 
What happens in the life of the church is the Holy Spirit breathes life and the Holy Spirit is described as a, a flame, a flame that works, amen? If you're wondering, uh, our fire detection system is fine, okay? Just letting you know that. And so, and so what happens is, is when we come into the life of the church and we give our lives to Jesus, we come and we pray this prayer. We say, Jesus, come into my life. I give you everything. I surrender all, right? And that's the beginning of an awakening of what Jesus is doing and what Jesus does in our lives. But then you see there's another invitation and that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is described as many things. One of the things that He's described is, is as, as a flame, that He is a flame, right? We know in the day of Pentecost that it was described of tongues as, as tongues of fire. And it was as though there was fire over the people's heads. I remember in our little Sunday school, you know, books, there was these, these people going like this and there was this flame upon their head. I thought, well, that must be really hot, you know. But you see, what happens is that we come into we, we come into the presence of God, whether it's in our cupboard at home, whether it's in whether it's in that moment of consecrated prayer before Him, and we say, Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon my life? Holy Spirit, would you just come right now and activate something new in my life? Holy Spirit, come right now. You just might want to say that right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, come right now. Come right now, come right now. And you see, when you understand who you are, whose you are, the identity that you walk in, what happens is the Holy Spirit lights something within your life. What happens in the apostolic, in the apostolic nature, there's a commissioning and ascending. Not ascending. It could be ascending, but it's ascending. And so there's a, Lord, let, let Daniel burn with your flame today. And from that moment, he walks in a different way because why? He understands that he is a carrier of the presence of God. He understands that he is a carrier of the royal household. And it's generational. It's not age limited. It's whoever is available. And what happens is they walk differently because if Shiloh wants to go climb monkey bars holding the presence of God, it's gonna kind of be difficult. But she would really like to climb monkey bars. For some of us, we really, really want to do something in our life. But friends, you've got to recognize and understand that if it robs away from the priority of the presence of God in your life, it becomes an idol and it walks, it causes you to walk differently. And we must walk differently when we understand that we are carriers of His presence. And what happens is in our prayer life, in our word life, we begin to be carriers of the flame of the Holy Spirit. And then we come to church one day. 
Guys, just go and choose one person to stand beside. Carefully walk. Anybody. And what happens is when we come into church in a corporate setting, in a corporate place, it might be somebody, it might be a prayer time, it might be a worship time. But what happens here is that we come into this moment and we come into this place and we stand beside somebody. Now for those people, don't stand beside your mother. Go and stand beside somebody else. That's right. Come on, that's it. Now, some of you are looking and going, <laughs> for those watching online, Josh has just gone and stood and stood beside his grandfather. Just an older version of his mother. But anyway, no. Um, <laughs> get back to point. Stop it. Stop it. Listen, no, I'm out of time. Way over time. So understand this. Understand this. When somebody's walking towards you that's carrying presence, you can actually recognize it whether or not you are a follower of Jesus Christ or not. When you understand that you're a carrier of presence and you walk differently to everybody else, you make choices differently to everybody else, you carry a fire and a power that's completely, completely supersedes anything good that the world could offer. What happens is other people recognize and you start to walk them, walk towards them and you walk into bedrooms and demonic little cats go, ah! right? Such is the power and the fire of God that is in within you. And what happens is, can those people around the candles start to smell the aroma of that flame? They can start to smell the perfume of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying there's any Holy Spirit in those candles. It's an illustration, folks. So when there's an invitation to a prayer meeting or an invitation to worship, you can't but fall upon your knees. You can't but come forward when there's, a, when there's an invitation to come forward and just bathe in His presence. Why? Because you have been changed by encountering the God of all the heavens who walks in such a superior way. You have been revealed as a superior truth on the earth, a superior power upon the earth, such as the Lordship of God in your life. You are carriers of His presence. You impact and affect the lives of those around you when you get this right. When you wake up and then sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes I feel anything but a carrier of God's presence. But when I get back on my knees and I sing, I surrender all, I begin to worship again. My identity is brought into right alignment that I am a son of the Most High and Living God who sent His Son to die for me so that His glory would rise upon my life. Some of you have a decision to make today. In two weeks' time, I'm gonna continue this message and I'll know how you've responded 
because I'll know whether you turn up or not for it. I'm serious. Friends, for me, church isn't, church isn't an option. Coming together corporately isn't an, isn't an option. Prayer isn't an option. It's a must have. Because I am hungry for God's presence. So right now, there's some people here today, you've got decisions that you've got to make. Either you live as one who is a carrier of presence, carrier of the flame. Josh, hold it properly. You are a carrier of the flame. Friends, you are carriers of the very presence that created life. Your life carries the very word that was spoken and says, let there be light and there was. That is who you are. That is who you are. So right now, just put out your hands right now. If those with the candles can just come forward, let's just place them on the corner of the, uh, corner of the stage there safely. Thank you. Father, right now, Father, right now, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, right now, I've done everything that I tell my preaching team not to do and gone excessively over time. But I just, there's, there's, something, there's something here right now that is just absolutely, it's, it's right now. There's an invitation right now. I hope this is you, God, and not me. But I just hear the question, what is it gonna take? Is it gonna take more than a pandemic? for your voice to be louder in worship? Is it gonna take more than a crisis for us to come together in prayer? Is it gonna take more abortion laws tearing down of society, more hatred, more fear. What's it gonna take? I wanna invite you to respond right now and just say, Lord, I've had enough of fear in my community. I've had enough of division. I wanna walk in the way that you have planned for me. I wanna be a carrier of your presence that would be increasing in measure each and every single day. That I would pass it down to generations to come. Generations after that, Lord, that whilst the most magnificent temple in the world was destroyed, Jesus, you built it in three days. 
You built it in us. You built it in me. You built it here, God. So Holy Spirit, would you just be poured out right now? And Lord, I ask that you would empower the responses that people are having right now in their hearts. There's people right now that need to make choices about relationships that they've got. Right now with every eye closed, I want to invite invite you that if you're able to, you just kneel right now before Him in response. It's not before me, it's not before anybody else in this room, but it's just before Jesus Himself. Because friends, fire falls on a worthy sacrifice and you are worthy that as you come to Him and you bow your knee and you bend your knee right now in worship and you say, I surrender it all to you, Lord. Come into every room, come into every part. Whether it's those who are watching online or those who are in the room right now, I just ask right now, Lord, that your fire would fall, that your fire would come upon the generations, oh Lord. That you, oh Lord, your glory would rise within us right now. Jesus, as we bow before you in we respond to you that your fire would fall upon us. Lord, that you would minister to us in this very moment that as we submit ourselves to you, as we humble ourselves to you, God. your fire fall in Jesus' name. We burn for you, God. We burn for your kingdom, God. We're all in, God. We say yes to you, Jesus. guide us and teach us what this is, Lord. We can't do it upon ourselves. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. We're just gonna stay in this moment right now. And if you're if you're watching online, then you know we're gonna we're gonna continue in the room. That's the advantage of being in the room, but we're gonna continue in the room just for a moment. But right now, if you're watching online, thanks so much for joining us. My prayer for you is that fire would fall upon your life 
that you would be activated into something brand new. Today, today. In Jesus' name.